Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. It's me, JB, the uh, Keeper of the Bees, and across the pond is Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how's the honey flowing over there in the UK? Man, I'd love to say I'm buzzing for tonight's episode, but um, well, I'm always buzzing for a BAMP episode. Don't get me wrong, JB. Uh, it's one of the highlights of the week. Um, JB, B, C, we're going to go places with this. But uh, yeah, the, the, hun- the honey is flowing. Now, whether it's because of tonight's film, and guys, take that as you will. <laughs> whether it's, we said off air, some of these jokes could end up going the wrong way, but it is what it is. You know, enjoy it. But no, it's very, uh, very, very fine, rich honey over here. It's bloody cold as well. It's really, really cold in the UK. It's in, in the middle of a cold snap at the minute. Um, yeah, and as I said off air, it's only going to get warmer just simply because it's going to rain. Uh, so venturing out, I've actually, well, I didn't have to venture out to see tonight's film, which is probably for the best. Um, I managed to watch it in the confines of my warm abode. But yeah, man, it's getting cold. So hopefully, as we always say, the world of film is there to warm us up for better or for worse but uh how about yourself how are you doing in florida safe and well yeah you know doing my thing um staying real busy and uh still trying to find time to uh to see some movies um time is definitely uh you know a precious commodity that i am running out of rapidly so doing what i can and um trying to make the most of every minute which is starting to you know, feel like I'm not getting a breather at the same time because mm-hmm. I'm making the most of every minute. So it's it's a it's a tightrope walk of sorts that I'm getting back in the hang of. Uh, I definitely had a lot more free time last semester, and so this semester, like now that I am in classes, um, trying to find the balance of of all the things that I I both want and need to do um, is is you know a struggle so far. Not not in a bad way. Like I'm making it work, but it is like you know, like what I'm finding is I'm over, I'm giving a lot of time early so that like later I suddenly have time. But by the time I have time, it feels like I must be missing something because there's no way I have time because I had no time the rest of the week. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to find a way to kind of spread it out and not, not feel like I'm not getting everything done. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. It's, it's just the process. Good. That's what we like to hear, John. And like you say, I know you're trying to find time to, to watch films. Now, some are going to be good. Some are not going to be good, but that is the beauty of film. That's the beauty of art or media. You know, it's going to work for some. It's not going to work for others. You win some and you lose some. It also keeps you on your toes, I suppose. So uh, with that, I guess we should move on to some movie talk. So, folks, you might have caught... <coughs> excuse me, I just like choked on my own saliva. Um, <laughs> that uh, we, we had a lot of bee puns and honey-related you know, puns at the top of the show. And that's because this week's film is The Beekeeper. Um, and I'm going to go through the stats and then I, I feel like there's some preface stuff I want to do before we review. But uh, this is directed by David Ayer, uh, written by Kurt Wimmer, who has quite an interesting writing filmography. If you haven't looked at it, I recommend checking it out. I'm not going to read through it right now, but he's written some good stuff and he's written some really bad stuff. Uh, and I guess we could say the same for Ayer. Ayer started his uh, directorial career on a big positive, then did Suicide Squad, and then has pretty much been on like a, a downward slide since then, I think is a fair statement. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do feel like he did something that wasn't too bad, like the last, but I don't remember what it was. Um, I never saw Bright. A lot of people hated Bright. Uh, um, I didn't like Bright. 
but I never bothered because everyone was so like down. I was just like, it's fine. Um, but you did anyways, attack collector in between that. Oh, that was the one that was supposed to be good, and then it wasn't. Never mind. Yes. Um, I was excited for tax collector, but yeah. Um, this movie, Beekeeper, has a, a quite a quite a cast. Uh, Jason Statham is in the lead, the uh, titular character even. Um, Emmy, oh, IMDb, they're making it hard for me to say the names because they're like not showing the whole name. Emmy Raver Lampman, Bobby Naderi. Josh Hutcherson, who you might know from Polar Express, but more importantly, probably the Hunger Games movies and uh, <laughs> a few other things. Um, Jeremy Irons, uh, you know, Academy Award winner Jeremy yep. Irons, just showing up in this. Um, Felicia Rashad, uh, who I definitely, man, some of this I'm not sure if it's spoiler territory or not, because it's the opening of the film. Uh, so I guess we can talk about what happens with her pretty quickly, because um, it is the literal setup in the uh driving force of the whole plot but many drivers in here kind of i guess you could say that um gemma redgrave uh i guess i don't know if these other guys are worth mentioning but david witz and michael f i i don't know them by name taylor james yeah they're in there taylor james looked really familiar but i i don't think i've actually seen anything he's in oh well i've seen lyle lyle crocodile i like oh and he's in He's in stuff, but I don't think he's like the lead in most of these things. He's just like random guard for Justice League. And, um, anywho, uh, so the Beekeeper, if you've seen the trailer, inherently looks like a dumb action movie. It's getting dumped in January. And to be completely honest, I tend to like Statham action films more often than not. So I went in with a little bit of hope. Now, I was apprehensive because I knew about... Uh, David Ayer. Now, that's not to say David Ayer is an incompetent filmmaker. He's just his projects that he chose have not mm-hmm. inherently been good. And that ultimately is what the movie, for me, was the problem. Is it, It's stupid. It's painfully stupid. And the dialogue is unbelievably cringy. Now, I might be willing to forgive all of that stuff if, one, the action exceeds my expectations. And I don't think the action's bad. I just don't think it's outstanding. I don't think it's anything like that I haven't seen in a million other films. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no like really unique things, and a few of it, I, w- I would make a very strong argument that it's extremely mean spirited um, at times. And the thing that drives me the most crazy about the script and the story in the film, I guess to be fair, more the story in the film because I haven't looked at the script in a way to really analyze it that way, but is um, it, it most of the stuff is either so dumb like the fact that he was in an organization called the beekeepers and in fact is now a retired agent but is a beekeeper now i made a joke before we saw this to you and to big tuna about like do you think david ayer was really proud of himself for making that now he didn't write it so wimmer instead i guess was really proud of himself for doing that like hey what if he was a beekeeper and now is a beekeeper how cute is that and i'm just like haha maybe it's funny maybe it's explained it's not um more though is so much of the fbi characters who are played by uh emmy and um and bobby i like them and i hate their characters so much like i think they're doing stuff that could be fun in a different movie but it's it's so dumb every every action characters make in this movie is ridiculously off the off the top and I just can't deal with it. I, I've, I've gone into my review on accident and didn't even mean to. I forgot to read the synopsis and the, all the other things. I'm sorry, folks. I've been... This is... 
we saw this earlier than we are recording and i've had a lot of things to say about it for over a week <laughs> so it's just like flying out here and yes that was an intentional play um the synopsis one man's brutal campaign for vengeance takes on national stakes after he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as the beekeepers i have a lot of questions about that organization by the way but this is what's upsetting me. Why I jumped into my review so quickly is because I knew what I was about to read is going to bother me. I am all for people liking action movies of all kinds. And I, I do not think every movie needs to be some brilliant masterpiece or some treaty on how we should live or whatnot. But I still think we need a, a higher bar for entertainment at times. And that's what's killing me is that this has a 70% Rotten Tomatoes critic score. And I just, I just can't fathom how uh, 94 rt audience score bugs me but i'm like okay well a lot of movies like this get you know because people just want popcorn movies but i i don't even think of this as a popcorn movie like that's what's upsetting me now the meta score is a, i think a more accurate representation 54 so that means that there a lot of that 70 percent is people just passing it right like it's just cutting the mustard to be entertaining i found it frustrating and boring at times and incomprehensibly bad with the dialogue and the story and even some of this man the the way that the call centers work where they're like like these i don't know they're like they're trying to be uh leo's ca character from wolf of wall street set in like neon lights and glowing tv mm -hmm. screens um you know they're given those like these weird money speeches that just i'm like this isn't a this doesn't feel like real people at all and again i don't need a movie to feel like real people like i i'm fine with all sorts of different types of worlds and movies i just want the world in the story that i'm watching to make sense within itself and that's what i think this movie really fails at i feel like all these different parts feel so disconnected and from different stories from different pieces patchwork together and called it a movie um and that's what's upsetting to me i think more than anything because again if if the characters were all over the top and silly like um there was the the milkshake movie with um gunpowder uh, milkshake gunpowder milkshake that movie's like super over the top and above and i liked it more than a lot of people but i felt like in the world it was consistent tone right like you don't necessarily have to like the tone but i thought like the pieces of the world made sense in that world john mm -hmm. wick is another great example john wick is not realistic everybody's an assassin by the third movie like everyone in the planet appears to be an assassin but that's the world the film has constructed and i i work within that parameter this movie, those people feel like they're in a different movie. The FBI agents are cracking weird jokes and, and somehow they go from this local field agents into like, they're just in charge of everything all of a sudden, which makes no sense. Um, there's a moment where they tell the, the director, they mention the beekeepers to the director and he makes the worst poker face of all time. Like he is, as he tries to lie. But he, like, literally looks down at the table when they say it as a, like, uh-oh. And then, like, no, I've never heard of that. I'm like, oh, my God. You're, you're like, the director of the FBI, and you can't lie? Like, to the, you're, you're too, like, about something that is not even a lie. I mean, it, it, he's, like, legally obligated to, to not, you know, to not acknowledge that the company exists. It's full of stuff like this. It drives me crazy. I still didn't read the whole scores. 54 Metascore, 6.8 IMDb user score, 2.9 Letterbox. I'm so sorry, folks. We're usually not this uh, haphazard, but I am. I've heard way too many positive things about this movie, and it's baffling me because I want to understand why people like this, and I, I don't fully understand. I Again, I generally like Statham films. There are more 
positive comments from me about safe and action films than there are negative. I was a big fan of Guy Ritchie's movie last year, which I keep forgetting what it's called, but something with Fortune, mm, Operation oh, Fortune. Yeah, yeah. I liked that. I thought it was good. I liked the first Meg. I was really disappointed with the Meg 2. Um, again, a lot of that too, because the story in that movie made no sense. Like, there, there's a line. The, this is when I knew I was out of the film. Two parts. Matt, do you want to say anything about David Ayer or action movies before I go continuing on my rant about this movie? Uh, action movies, I'll, I'll stick, I'll save for later on. In terms of David Ayer, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I don't think he's, a, I don't think he's particularly, I, I would never class him anywhere near being a top tier Hollywood director just by looking at his output. You know, I don't mind Fury. I think it's a good film. And Suicide Squad, I think I lo- enjoyed more than most, but Bright was awful tax collector was not good and then of course i'll save my thoughts on this but i know david Ayer as a person <laughs> just seems to annoy me yeah. with the desperately trying to get the oh, suicide yeah. cut nobody i mean there's a, there are a few people out there who want the david Ayer cut of the suicide squad fine but when he comes out obviously it's in in the wake of release of snyder cut david Ayer's mm-hmm. thought well hold on maybe maybe i can do the same to much much smaller fanfare but you know coming out the other day and saying some people have seen my version of the Suicide Squad and have actually said it's the best comic book film they've ever seen. I mean, I don't know what the hell they're eating or smoking mm-hmm. or or drinking that day, but I mean, David, there's he, he, drinking your own Kool-Aid, then there's spiking it with the alcohol in the world and coming up with this crap. However, I'll save my thoughts for the beekeeper in a minute. After that, after that rant, you know, David is probably a nice guy. He he means well by the looks of it, yeah. but yeah, you know, he's, he, he has a very patchy CV in Hollywood. Yeah, and I think he was attached to maybe Too Fast, Too Furious. I think he did like the screenplay or something. Like he's he has some connection to that franchise early, um, before like getting his directorial debut. But um, so here's the thing: Felicia Rashad's character, and I don't consider this a spoiler, folks, because again, this is the inciting incident. It happens in the first ten minutes, but she gets scammed. She gets a phone call. They tell her, actually, I'm sorry. She gets an error message on her computer, says to call this number. She calls the number and the guy, this is our first introduction to these call centers. Over the top, he's he's like muting his microphone and like, I guess he's training the people, but he's not like, it's just it a show. So, yeah. yeah. And again, I, I know a lot of this is meant for our entertainment. Like it's done to big to be silly and goofy, but that tone does not translate to all the entirety of the film. And that's part of my issue is that at times it's, it's a comedy and at other times it's so, so serious and it's about to get the most serious because Felicia Rashad gets scammed and she has not a lot of money. She's a retired teacher, but she is the co-signer of a big charity that has a bank account with over $2 million and they steal all of it, everything she's attached to without reaching out to anyone, without trying to find out if there's anything that can be done, without you know looking for assistance, she shoots herself in the head. And of all the things that don't make sense in this movie, that to me is the biggest leap. That within minutes of her accounts being drained, she resorts to suicide. Yes. I don't believe that for a second, dude. Like, I, I don't. Like, I would be devastated. Don't get me wrong. I understand her being panicked. I understand her being worried. But to not reach out to anyone before choosing to shoot yourself 
especially when she didn't do anything wrong. It's not like she'd been living with guilt and she'd been like laundering the money for years and like now she can't take it. We're like, oh, I can understand she's finally had too much. This was like made an innocent mistake, you know, and to be fair, like this is a, a real problem. People get scammed all the time. I get daily text messages that say they're the, the post office. You have a package to pick up. Yes, Respond yes. to this. And you just most of us know to ignore that. But be- long before even the the you know ubiquitousness of technology, there were email scams like, uh, you know, send us money and we'll send you this blah, blah, blah. Like we know those things happen and people still fall for them for sure. But I don't think most people who fall for them immediately kill themselves. Like, I don't think <laughs> that's what yeah. the default setting is. And nothing about her character implies that she would have done that. No, I think I think you're missing the point, though, John. What you haven't what you haven't factored into this the realism of this plot is she just happened to have a beekeeper on site who happens to be a beekeeper. Make make of that what you will, you know. Thank God that was the case, JB. Or this could have gone south very quickly, eh? Man, yeah. Jesus now, Christ. T- to be fair, she doesn't know that he is a uh, that type. He, she knows he keeps bees. She does not know he was a secret agent uh, yeah. beekeeper. Now, so. That happens. He meets the daughter. The daughter is an FBI agent. What a coincidence. She happens to show up not knowing her mom was dead. Somehow, the thing that also drives me crazy about this, this to show how dumb everything is, she shows up that day by coincidence exactly. and catches him, quote unquote, red handed. The implication is she hasn't been there forever because she doesn't even know he's living there. And what are the odds that she would show up the same day her mom killed herself? By coincidence, like, and not, you might be thinking, well, maybe she got alerted that the bank accounts were drained. Nope. She finds out when she's there. Like none of that. There are so many things you could have done to explain why she showed up that the movie literally chooses none of them. And that right there, that opening sequence is enough for me to be like, this is dumb. It's, I don't care how cool the action is. It's gotta be fun. And the thing is, it's so not, it's not fun. The action is fine a couple of times but like there's an early scene where they they find out where he lives and he has moments where he could easily kill them and instead it turns into like a slasher film where he's like picking them off one by one in stealth mode and then like hanging the body he didn't hang him and that is there's a part he chokes the guy with the chain but he is very much standing over the guy the next moment the guy's hanging from the rafters i'm like when did he do that when did he have time to do that like the whole reason he did it the way he did it was because it would have been too bloody to stab him in the eyeball with a screwdriver, which was something he was about to do, and then chose, I'll just strangle him. Like the incomprehensible nature of this film is what I don't understand, even turning your brain off, which is what a lot of people will will justify. It's like this is just a turn your brain off movie. It's like, yeah, but it's not just that, because they make an intricate, crazy plot. They try to build this fictional world that you can compare to John Wick, you can compare to the Born Identity, even. And yet, I have more questions than I ever get answers. Like, later we meet the current beekeeper because this guy is retired. And note how I said that because that is how it's said in the film. The implication is there is one. There is one beekeeper. Yep. But there's other conversations in the movie that implies there are multiple beekeepers. I don't know how the current beekeeper gets there so fast, but that's a whole other thing. You know what? I don't know... The only redeemable quality is I think Jason Statham in action mode is engaging on screen. I just think he looks cool when he's kicking people's butts. He just does. And when when he's in the, like the cocky, arrogant Statham mode, 
I often think he's intimidating and in like, you know, in a action hero kind of way, which is why I like a lot of his movies, why I like the transporter, why I like, there's a Jet Li movie with him called once. No one. Yes. One. Once is a great musical one <laughs> that I liked a lot when I was younger. I think it came out like 2001 or something like that. And I enjoyed that movie, but it was mostly because of Jet Li. It wasn't until later. I realized it was Statham. Um, and obviously I like, I like his, acting chops if you will or his his one dimensional character that he brings to certain things i tend to like him i like that arrogance i don't think he ever really is there in this he's trying to be really like serious and dour and the the he's sitting with the daughter at the table and he gives a monologue this is right after the the day after the mother has killed herself and he says hurting an old person is like hurting a child maybe worse and i'm (laughs) like this is the dumbest movie i've seen in a long time like how bad is that monologue and it, it doesn't end there folks and more you cast statham and you're like hey let's give him a monologue like what no you don't give you give him a monologue yeah. yeah you give him like one word to say that's statham he's he's gonna give you this very simple line read is going to be monotone but it'll be intimidating you don't give him a monologue you don't let him stand on a soapbox and try to give you that's what the other actors are for so you have jeremy irons that's what you know uh, dude i'm sorry i i am done i i don't mean to completely bash this movie i wouldn't even say like i'm still leaning not giving it my one star i'm still like one and a half two stars that's like i'm leaning there's there's enough here that I, I can at least like, well, if I, if I cut out all of this dialogue and stuff, there's at least a couple of scenes where I'm like, well, that was cool. But there's so much that just frustrated me. I have like a lot of notes and I'm, I'm not going to read through all of them because I've said way too many words already. Uh, Matt, I have no idea how you feel, except I, I feel pretty confident I do, but I will be <laughs> shocked if you are in the positive on this, but let's hear what were your thoughts of the beekeeper? Um, well, you said an awful lot there, JB, and I mm-hmm. um, and I was loath to interrupt because I, I know what it's like. I've done it before on this show that when you get into a flow of just and positive or negative, you just just let it all out, and it's for the best. So I'm glad you managed to get that off your chest because I knew you had some thoughts on the film. Um, yeah, no, I watched this as soon as I knew this was going to be a Sky original in the UK. Um, I knew there were going to be problems because one of the I've seen a few Sky originals and one of them was um, that God awful one. I think it was Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway when they're on the boat a couple of years ago. I don't know what it's called, but it was, it was abysmal, but uh, they usually went. So it's basically almost straight, straight to stream, straight to VOD. Essentially it's a death knell for a film. Um, and I mean, listen, the, 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 the synopsis that came out, you know, one man's brutal campaign, blah, 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 former mm-hmm. bad, bad dude. Hey, look, it's as generic as they come, and it's no different to a lot of the old 80s, 90s action films. Just one man against the world. Okay, fine. And Statham is in it, so I thought, well, maybe it can be dumb fun at least, because I think a lot of the criticisms that you've just mentioned, and any that I have, can easily be levied at pretty much every action film in the last 40 years but like you said there's a there, there are other things to consider there's there is tone there is charisma there is style there is story there you know there's many many things to go into it and like you said so many people say well you, you don't go to these films for any of those well i've always said i do <laughs> i still want to be entertained i still want something to cling on to so i went into this film hoping for what the world has pretty much said this film is which is kind of 
dumb fun, for want of a better term. Um, uh, I'm reading what the RT um, aggregate consensus is, and it says cheerfully undemanding and enjoyably retrograde. The beekeeper proves that when it comes to dispensing action thriller justice, Statham hasn't lost his sting. I just wish throughout the film, Jason Statham's character told us that he needed to take care of the hive more often. I think he said it about eight times. The amount of bee puns in here made me cringe, and I'm a pun king. Uh, what did I think about the film? It, it's it, it, I don't even I don't I don't even want to say it is what it is, which is a stupid action film. Because like you, it's nothing really connected very well in this film. I mean, I will say to start with the 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 hoopla with Felicia Rashad's character. You know, mm-hmm. I was watching that, and I was getting a little bit angry. Because I was like, this happens. And this is a nice lady who has seemingly done nothing wrong and just being manipulated by these, you know, awful uh, organizations. You know, I was like, yeah, I, I hope they get their comeuppance because, you know, th- th- this happens and innocent, usually older people are the ones who have to suffer for it. Um, but then once, like you said, once you really get into the neon drenched world of cool centers, which is always a good ploy for an action film. It just all falls apart. I don't know if it's trying to be stylistic like John Wick. Like you said, I don't know if it's trying to be funny. I don't know if it just wants to be a super serious action film, but it's not very good at any of them. Now, some of the action, of course, is very decently uh, choreographed. David Ayer knows how to craft action, and Jason Statham knows how to do action. But there was so much, so many stupid things in this film, mainly from the scripts. And also, I just didn't care about the beekeeper organizations i thought the idea that the inciting incident i'm not entirely sure it was worthy of you know just basically trying to almost burn the country down um it, it felt very how do i put it contrived the whole thing and i don't want to have to keep saying yes it's a dumb action film n- you know plot doesn't matter or stuff like that but it just felt it, the escalation felt so big so quickly. It was it was it was just stupid. The whole beekeeper idea as well, like the beekeeper who became the beekeeper. Yeah, I like. I don't think that's particularly very clever, cute, or funny. I just think it's stupid. Um, and and for, as for Jason Statham as well, Statham annoys me because it's seemingly put it put him within in a Guy Ritchie film, and he does quite well because Guy Ritchie and statham go way back they have the same sensibility same london ethic mm-hmm. and he knows how to get the best of statham even when he's given him more than three words and a grunt to say but outside of that statham annoys me like expendables like this and so many other things because he can do so much better he isn't a top tier like thespian actor we all know that he doesn't need to be but he's so much better than this statham mm-hmm. for me is is sleepwalking through this and that's the worst part of it and at one point i have a note i haven't got my notes up but at one point in in, in for me the laziest uh, the laziest of writing and acting he's sitting at a table jason statham character adam clay sitting at the table with the fbi agent verona parker who was played awfully by emmy emmy raver lampman for me i think i think she's terrible in this um and she says to him Huh, so that's, that's a funny accent you've got there. I can hear a oh, bit yeah. of British Isles, and he's like, "Yeah, oh, we used to live there." I like, so basically, they're giving him carte blanche because he cannot keep an accent, which is a joke I've said every time Statham's on. Which accent is he going to try and stick to? And they even in this film, they're like, "Yeah, I, just do what you want." Um, 
Yeah, so the, the, the action is fine. Statham is sleepwalking. I think Emmy Le- Raver-Lampman is, I think she's awful in this. Josh Hutcherson is, is seemingly having some fun in this. He is yeah. um, not over the top. He's clearly camped, clearly. He, he he knows what film he's in, but I didn't feel like he was too over the top, like a like one of the henchmen who turns up later on. My God. Oh, man. You know, I, can't, I don't even know who the hell he is, but he's wearing yellow, and he has a, they, have a, they have a hallway fight scene. He has a yeah, hallway fight scene with uh, Statham. Makes no sense also with the hype of like the buildup of the beekeeper versus him. It's just like they barely set it up. And then that fight, it's like, well, this guy is the best of the people. But why is he the best of the people? Taylor James, by the way, is the guy who's playing that guy. I'm 90% sure. Um, I mentioned him in the, the cast list. Because uh, if he had been in the whole movie, could have been pretty cool. But he he's turns not. up like, two thirds of the way through, sh- bellowing at everybody. In and 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 that was like the he is the for me the kind of prism of everything you've said in terms of what the film doesn't know what it's trying to be. It's it's playing it super serious. I mean, like, man, we oh. gotta get Jason Statham's character. We gotta kill him. And then the this way- guy turns up like look, dressed oh. like Ali G. Yeah, dude, right? Except like buff allergy. But you yeah. you just said uh, to be, which reminded me they totally did the to be or not to be freaking joke in this movie. Uh, oh, they did, didn't they? The only one they didn't do is uh, uh, to say something like Austin Powers, oh, behave. They probably did, actually. But every other line was well, a B pun. To, not to beleaguer the point, but you brought up Emmy, which I don't know if Emmy's bad or if the writing is bad around her character, because that character, her, her mother killed herself. She's quote-unquote upset for like five seconds but later when she returns after statham has now killed a bunch of guys in the barn that he's living in and i think the barn is burnt down or it blew yes. up or whatever and she she looks at the barn and goes lost my virginity in that barn and i'm like your mom killed herself like right there like in the adjacent house yesterday and you're just casually throwing out the virginity joke like oh how sad the barn's gone i lost my virginity. Yeah. like what the hell like and it's the- not like she says it in a somber tone of like lost no, exactly it, and that's her character throughout the film it's like one time she's really angry i don't even understand why she's so angry at adam clay like that whole thing doesn't make any sense to me or aaron clay whatever that why is his name uh, aaron clay adam. so he's abc like he's aaron beekeeper clay like Oh, the that, level um, you're probably of right, stupidity actually. that this movie has is too much, man. It's too damn high to quote Samuel L. Jackson meme, right? Like I can't, I can't accept this because because we don't have to. That's my big issue, folks. Is we deserve better than this. Ayer can do better. We've seen him mm, do better. There are so many screenwriters who don't get their their work made and again i'm all for a dumb action movie if you want to keep this super simple i can sketch you an outline that would make this way better and i'm not and i'm just saying like keep things easy like she doesn't have to kill herself she gets her stuff stolen he goes i will go get it he goes to he goes there he burns it down he doesn't know he actively tries not to kill anybody at the very first place Right, right. Later, he has no no qualms. But the first time, it seems like his intent is not to kill them. He lets them run. You know, he, he shows that he means it. He blows up the building. Okay, cool. So now they retaliate. 
and they kill Felicia Rashad's character, and all of a sudden everything makes sense, right? Like simpler motivation. He feels guilty because he brought them there because he did this thing, you know, he got her money back or whatever, but then they come back for him. Like there's such a much more logical, and yes, is it a tr like a trope? Yeah, but I would much rather have a trite, reused cliche film than an incomprehensible one any day of the week. Like I'd much rather, like where I will, you know, there's so many things out there that have already been done that are still better versions of what we get from this. And that's all I'm saying is like movies don't need to be perfect. Movies don't need to be flawless, but man, you know, when you, when I order a hamburger and you bring me a beef patty in paper and nothing else, no bun, no ketchup, no cheese, just like, here you go. I'm going to be like, uh, what is this? What are you, what are no, you doing here? What is happening? Like it's something, it, it, the only thing that the best word other, other than words that I can't say on air for PG reasons, <laughs> the, 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 the main description that sums this film up for me is it's just like uninspired. And you can add as many superlatives in front of that bloody, uh, awfully, terribly uninspired. It, 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 it's just cliche after cliche there. Air and the, the the other guy who wrote Expendables, Expend Four Balls. Oh, you know, they they tried to kind of tie in this political messages and even conspiracy theory stuff, but Wait. none of it works. None, none of it yeah. is resonates because the whole thing is so uninspired and so bland and so flat and such a parody or rip parody of so many better films out there. Yeah. It's lazy, and that is it a also problem. One of the things, uh, which we're not going to, I don't, I, we haven't said this, but I don't think we're going to do a spoiler episode on this just because I don't want to talk about this movie much yeah. longer. Um, but the, uh, without getting into what happens in the third act, because there is a twist, if you want to call it that, in the third act, um, that becomes a different movie in a lot of ways, but it's still a dumb action movie. And if anything, it gets worse in that third act. But there is, this movie does have, it's making statements. I don't know if it's a very clear statement, and I think you could interpret it to mean one way or the total opposite, depending on what side you are on. Um, I Because I'm not sure exactly what it's saying, but there are some clear parallels to some of the political stuff happening in the U.S. in this film. And I think depending on your read on it, it could be either or. I think it could literally be interpreted either way, which is potentially damaging, too. If you are making a political statement, it should be very clear what your political statement is rather than like, again, movies can be left for interpretation. Don't get me wrong. But if you are like, I'm going to make an anti-gun movie. And then everyone is interpreting it as a pro gun movie. I'm not saying that's what this movie's doing. I'm just, as an example, this movie's definitely pro gun. No question asked. Except, oh, God, yes. Except maybe Statham's character. He definitely avoids guns uh, and he likes to take oh, them apart really quickly. With. It could have been so much. And I think you, well, you may have touched on it, but I don't know. It, it also would have been tropius hell, but even just to have his character just not use guns, just he, yeah. he just or or, or or he's just against killing or something. Like give the man something. Instead, all we're told is, oh, like, you know, one point Jeremy Arnold was like a beekeeper. Oh well, now, now you've done it, waggling his finger to the screen and winking. And like, who the hell are the beekeepers? Why do I care mm. about the beekeepers? And their answer, their questions that I have, I, I, I hope to God are never answered in a follow-up film. I know this is based on books and all that, but. It, it it poses all these questions almost like it's trying to tease you with this law and mysticism but at the end of the day it's it's, it's just naff because the film renages on itself it goes back on itself and mm -hmm. the, it's the tone you, you you nailed it earlier my friend 
It, it is just a tone of this damn thing. If it was just a straight up action film, even if it was just a, self, a very serious one, fine. At least it sticks to that. If it wants to be a dark comedy um, thriller, fine, go for that. If it just wants to be a balls to the wall, John Wick slash nobody type film or gunpowder milkshake, cool, do that. You cannot be a jack of all trades because this really is a master of none of them. It's, man, Jeremy Armas, at one point he says, we have to kill him before he kills his way to the top. Just get out of here. I, There's so if, much. If you're listening to this and you're questioning my ability to watch movies like this, go back to our review of Bullet Train. What was that, two years ago now? God, I can't Ooh, believe I was that old. Must but have been, yeah. I, I love that movie. I had a blast with Bullet Train. Mm-hmm. Is it a dumb movie? Yeah, totally dumb. Yeah. But everything within the world seems to make sense to me. I get exactly. it. I get the hitmen. I, I I thought all the very little cute nods were, were exactly that. I thought they were funny and cute, like the, the freaking Thomas the Train stuff. Love <laughs> that bit. Like all of that. And I, I, I think I saw it twice, but nevertheless, like I remember that movie from two years ago so well because it just it it did it hit me the right way. I thought the action scenes were a lot of fun. I am a big fan of Brad uh, Brad Pitt. I also I I tend to like Aaron Taylor Johnson more than a lot of people give that guy credit. Um, I think he's really good in that film, and I think him and uh, Brian Tyree Henry had such great chemistry. <laughs> um, I I enjoyed that movie so much, and. Every little weird thing, like the Michael Shannon thing in that movie, that all worked for me. This movie is like the total opposite. It was it just like instant repulsion. Um, and again, like I, I'm in real life, I struggle with this because I like violent action movies, but I don't like violence in real life. I, I, I find violence no. to be horrible, and I, I deplore it. But I, and I've like I love wrestling, even though I, you know, I know it's fake, right? But I, I also like UFC fighting, which isn't fake. It's brutal, Ooh, yeah. but. There's like an accepted, these two men have agreed, assuming they're not being forced to do this, right? Like they are, they have chosen to fight each other, knowing the consequences. I am willing to accept that and then enjoy it as a spectator. I like Mm -hmm. to believe that they're not in like positions where they are being like leveraged, like, oh, well, you are from poor, so we'll, we'll give you a bunch of money. And that's the only reason why they're doing it. Like, I hope they actually want to. I don't know. I know there's a lot of politics into that, but nevertheless, I, I found the violence in this movie to be kind of distasteful at times. Um, one in particular moment, which this I think we, maybe we can end with this, but they're they're arresting one of the the call center guys. He is completely surrendered. He has no weapons. None of them ever seem to have weapons at the call centers, anyways. Nope. But the FBI, they're like arrest him. The FBI guy is like, get up or I'll blow your head off. And I'm like, what? That the yes. Miranda rights for this, like machismo, and again, I put no offense to yourself when you'll notice, but it's kind of machis, machismo yeah. American BS that you it is. get, which is but just unappealing to a lot of people. You take that moment where an FBI agent says that to an unarmed man who is already surrendered, and then yet you take the two characters that we're following who are like the main FBI for this movie. And she's like mad at Clay for the way he's being violent. So it's like, well, your own guy just threatened to yeah. shoot someone in the head for no reason. Like at that point, you know what I'm saying? Like he's under arrest. Yeah, so find Ew. your tone movie. Like, what is it? Are, is, is his excessive form of violence wrong? Which the lead FBI agent, the daughter of the, the woman he's avenging 
is upset about his violence in the the course of act. Like it, none of it, it none of it. Let's makes try sense. not to it's, rationalize any yeah, of it, John. We need I, to I'm, let it I'm go. with you. We 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 like we love action films on the BAMP. It's just the sh- yeah. uh, the the bland vanilla uninspired like, like peppermint a few years back or something like terminal ones which just have nothing going for them they're just kind of dime a dozen action films and yeah you could get those on vhs 30 years ago fine but maybe yeah. they weren't released as big streaming films or big Dude, cinematic well, films i haven't looked at the box office but what i heard on the film cast earlier was that this movie's made enough money where it's probably going to get beekeeper too unless Statham uh, just doesn't want to do it but i'm just like no no, do not make well, a second one. And that, that again, folks, that's what bugs me. <laughs> um, is that, like, B, there's a place for B movies, not movies about bees, but the, <laughs> the second tier films. And, I, like, I grew up loving, like, the, the Van Damme movies. And, um, I mean, I uh, the Kickboxer movie has, like, I think five sequels that have different actors. I can't remember the guy's name because now he's, he's awful. He got he got canceled before canceling was a thing. Um, he was on step, step by step, the, the sitcom. Uh, I can't think of his name, but he does like kickboxer two, three, four and five or whatever. And I love those as a kid. I used to watch like all of the bad B martial art movies, like American Ninja and stuff like, like I, if it had martial arts in it, you were in. I was going to watch it. Right. Like, yeah. So I, like I knew who Billy blanks was before Billy blanks had Tybo because he was in a bunch of B martial art movies on <laughs> HBO and I watched them all. Um, and so, like there's definitely a place for this to work. I just, I hate dumb. And that's what to me, this movie is. And, and, and so, these are marketed as big films as well, John, those films you mentioned mm-hmm. were not released a good point. alongside the big films. This has a $34 million budget. It's currently bought in about 43 million bucks. So it's, it's exceeded its budget. It hasn't quite broken even yet, but then that isn't uh, including whatever it might be making via things like sky cinema and other streaming sites. I know Amazon have picked it up and it's been, they have advertised a hell out of this film. I will say that, you know, they've really pushed this film in, in certainly in advertising in the UK. I've seen it quite a lot, but yeah, when it, when it's, when it's marketed as a big film, I know it's January. We're in that time of the year already. Yeah. Um, but when it's marketed as a big film and there's a big push behind it, you, you, and it's got a pretty, pretty decent cast, it's hard not to be disappointed. It's bland yeah. and in space. It's, it's laziness at his height. And David Ayer, I mean, I don't know how many more chances he's going to have. He, he can keep banging the drum for that, for this release, the air cut. That might be all he's got going for him. I hope we never, hope he never sees the light of day because suicide cut, you know, it's not, not suicide squad's an Oscar winning film. Might made $800 million. Doesn't need a new cut. I don't know how many more chances he's going to get because his last few films have been nothing but bad. So we'll, well see. Like- Tax Collector, I think, was a straight to VOD, if I remember correctly. Um, yes, still so wasn't like, very good, but yes, point. Taken. Yeah, no, it wasn't, but neither is this, and this one freaking making money. Um, anyways, <laughs> that's our review. We could probably talk twenty yes, more sir. minutes, but it'd all be more of the same, uh, just like the movie, just a bunch of recycled nonsense and exposition about bees for some reason. Oh, it's um, under at one point. Let's not forget. They that. never explain why it's bees. Oh god, uh, they try to. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, I didn't like this movie, Matt. Also, I think I would say this is bloody awful. Do you agree? This is bloody awful. And let's move on to our next segment: concessions of a cinephile. Um, this is our. It's not really new anymore, but this is our segment where we discuss something as if we were standing in line at the uh, concession stand, waiting to get our our buttery popcorn that Matt can't have, or uh, <laughs> our sweets, Twizzlers, and such. Um, Twizzlers, Matt, you a fan? Pro con? Do you prefer red vines or Twizzlers? I don't mind them. 
I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Twizzlers. That's like that's not my go-to candy, but that is a favorite candy. I, I don't like I don't like red vines. I am a Twizzler guy over red vines. Uh, original okay. Twizzlers too. I dig it. Um. All right. So we kind of went back and forth with what to have as our topic, but we ended up with uh, I've I've quoted. There's a song. Um. I can't oh, yeah. think of the Apollo. I can't think Paula of the, the artist. But th- there it is. I was right with Paula. Um. Where have all the cowboys gone? But Matt basically <laughs> posing modern day action heroes uh you you mentioned obviously jason statham uh vin diesel the rock um and for a minute john cena was falling into this trap when he Mm -hmm. first started doing movies um he did like 12 rounds and uh the marine and um he then found comedy like i i give Trainwreck all the credit for finding cena as a comedic force and then we've seen him just started doing some cameos like he showed up in uh the sisters movie with, with um, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler in a small part, but it was very funny. And and then suddenly he gets the lead role for um, uh, cock blockers or whatever that was actually called. Uh, was it, blockers. Blockers? it was just blockers. That's right. They yes. obviously they couldn't say, but implied. Um, and then like it, we've seen him doing more and more comedy since then. And that's definitely his wheelhouse. Like, it, obviously he shows up in the fast franchise. Uh, and again, I think it's where he's maybe the dullest because it, Except he is, I think, a highlight of X. I, I think he is one of the only good parts. But there, there's just not the level. Like, when you go back 40 years and we look at the 80s, and you have your big three, right? You have Stallone, you have uh, Schwarzenegger, and you have Willis. Those are the big three, I think. Uh, if you wanted to do Mount Rushmore, you could maybe... it'd be There'd be a fight between Van Damme and Seagal for that fourth spot, I think, at that time. Um, yes. You could maybe like Murphy leaned heavily in comedy and not as much action, but obviously you have the Beverly Hills Cop franchise that's super huge, and he's in Forty Eight Hours, which was great, but he's not quite the action hero in the same way these other guys are. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anybody. Those are the five that come to mind from the eighties. Um, I guess Chuck Norris uh, Chuck also Norris, was a B level. Yeah, I mean, Sly, Chuck, uh, Bruce Willis, Lundgren. You can stick Harrison yeah. Ford in, uh, Shani, Jay, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Clint Eastwood, uh, Mel Gibson, oh. I guess, to go. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I well, Shame on me. I love Lethal Weapon. Yeah. He's, not, uh, let's not forget Linda Hamilton, Sigourney Weaver. They've got to be mm-hmm. putting those in there. Definitely. Oh, yeah. But they're, they're, they're buttoning up against the train, right? There's a bunch of other 80s action movies that have like b-level like you get piper in a few movies hogan tries to <laughs> yeah. do a couple of things oh, wow. um i already mentioned billy blanks uh that is you know they're in there but they're doing a lot of like the straight to vo uh, vhs or um you know b movies have faded out like yes. at that time but uh they, they exist on vhs uh, you know straight to home movies even to me like lundgren they, they tried a few times right they gave him the punisher and he-man and both of those they movies really I mean, hardcore, like, like giving him lead, like major IP and they both fell flat real hard. Uh, you know, I, the Punisher I liked as a kid, although I, I have not seen it as an adult. I can't imagine it holds up um, it, at yeah. all. And He-Man. Okay. One, I, it, it was so weird, but I did like it as a kid, but I don't know if that was just me. Like, I also liked the Super Mario Brothers movie as a kid because I was just like, Hey, God damn you to hell. When Dolph Lundgren holds up the sword and shouts, I have the power. Yeah. God almighty. I, I, I thought and time was going to stop. Frankly, Angela Skeletor, right? Like it's, yes. uh, it's insane. And Courtney Cox, it's like the debut outside yes, of the yes. music video. So like, there's, there's some stuff there. It's, it's, terrible but it's like yeah and it does do the like he-man in our world like plot device which happens in a lot of stuff 
Um, especially when you have a low budget, right? Like, well, we can't build a castle. Uh, throw them in a target. It'll be fine. Like, it's not a target, but whatever equivalent like, yeah. big box store. Um, and then I guess you could even make an argument for Bruce Campbell uh, with, like, I yes. mean, he starts horror, but it, then you by the time you get to Army of Darkness, yeah, uh, yeah. Ash is a uh, action hero at that point, right? Like, you in, and you've got to throw in Kurt Russell as well. Oh, oh, definitely. Well, What's what am I thinking? Yeah. Snake Blitzkin, of course. Uh, yeah, Kurt's man, doing Escape from stuff. New York and stuff like that. Big Trouble, Little China. So, so point being, we had all of these great action stars. I, I of all of them, Bruce Willis was my favorite because he is the best actor out of all of them. I think, like, like he may not be the like he's not the biggest. That's Schwarzenegger <laughs> or Stallone. Um, but Willis is funny, like naturally funny. Even when he's like in Die Hard, he's still funny. Right now, Arnold can drop a one liner and it, it can work. But you give Arnold too many lines of dialogue and it gets real choppy real fast, oh, very quick. Um, and Stallone same, same. Like Stallone is a a, I mean, mum, marble mouth at the best. Like you know, he's like, like he oh. found his niche with the Rocky films. He fell he obviously did. with Rocky directing it and starring it. He fell on his feet very early on, so he had the opportunity then to go and star in. Well, obviously, then did Rambo, but star in any other film he wanted because he'd essentially almost he pretty much made his bed and was laying in it. Whereas you know Schwarzenegger, some of the other ones, and Bruce Willis came from TV that had to kind of fight their way up. Obviously, Harrison Ford. I love Harrison. Started yeah. as a carpenter, got the gig in American Graffiti, and then went on to play Han Solo and Indy and everyone else. Um, and he has the I think a much more diverse career where I didn't think of him as an action star because he does dramas and he does. Mm -hmm comedies he, he quickly finds himself into the old man action too right where he's like playing the the distinguished president and or like this you know he's not as uh physical i think it's the other yeah. but and then if i don't know if you're looking because the other thing we were going to talk about were just dumb action movies that we like keanu shows up right with point break and then um speed and he has that run cage shows up uh in, in like he's in face off and he's in con air um oh, and man. yeah the rock uh, the rock yeah right so you get like you get some uh nick cage stuff and wesley snipes early was one of my favorites like i loved demolition man dude yeah, i yeah. was so into demolition man and snipes was a big part of that because snipes is hilarious snipes is the joker in that movie right like he is he's mm -hmm. the reason you're really there and to be fair bullock is is fantastic and she's she kind of like dances around in the action films like she's never just the love interest in the action films she is but she's also like holds her own right like, she's more strong true, yeah yeah compared to a lot of other female characters in action films who are just there to be the the love interest she's like no 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 i have my own agency thank you very much um yep. even in demolition man where she, you know she's like really complex and speed she is awesome in speed like she's you know fighting alongside of keanu's character um it's, it's interesting you mentioned obviously the women in in action films because in the 80s women in action films existed to be saved or to ogle in recent years mm -hmm. you know you know, where have all the cowboys gone? You are seeing an uptick, a rise in in more female action stars. You, well, we obviously name check Linda Hamilton and Sigourney Weaver, but I mean, I'm already thinking of someone like Angelina Jolie who did uh, Those mm -hmm. Who Wish Me Dead. She did Wanted. She Salt. did Salt. Yeah, yeah. Zoe Saldana. You could throw yes, the, the biggest. Uh, what's it called? The highest grossing actress ever Millie Jovovich in obviously mainly because of the Resident Evil, but a lot of other things. Scarlett Johansson has done and can do action yes Lucy really, and, really and obviously well. yeah michelle jennifer Yeo. lawrence um oh god definitely michelle yeah, yeah right? she starts with, in hong kong i was gonna say Charlize has proven herself time and time more. again 
email at, and I know people uh, people nowadays for some reason get their knickers in a twist about ooh women yeah. but there are so many believable if that's what you want to say because like, you could yeah. say the same about the guys like Bruce Willis is just uh, he's just a guy and in Die, in die Hard and he becomes an action hero but the way that he, be- he, he just stays as a regular schlub almost you know the later films maybe not but the, all of these characters we just mentioned the female action stuff they're all believable in what they do there will be some people who say otherwise but they are all very believable in yeah. what they are given to do and, uh, and there are and- several of those movies that i love like i i'm a big fan of like atomic blonde for me i love that movie furiosa like uh, shirley theron as furiosa in mad excellent Max was incredible um yeah. and even joe lee's last action film about those who wish me dead was a yeah, really was good, fun time um mm-hmm. And uh, Amelia Ovovich, whether or not I like those Resident Evil films, spoiler alert, I really don't. But she she's a kick-ass action hero. I like her in those, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 well. I believe her action, for sure. Like, I'm all in. 100%. Like, yeah. I, I would be afraid of, like, anger. Especially, uh, we left off, I think, one of her best is Fifth Element, though, right? Like, her and Bruce Willis oh. together. She's amazing in that film. That's she's the thing. Great she, she's such a breakout in that film that yeah, you yeah. kind of expect that career for her and she's had it i mean she's made a solid career she's made a ton of movies but a lot of them are not well respected or or not with a husband paul ws anderson yeah, so the, who, there's that it's funny and it's funny because when i think of the fifth element i think of uh melee overage's character just because of uh, her look she s- stands out so much yeah and also her the way she speaks right it's super funny yeah. like um multi-pass multi-pass and you're just like oh that's freaking brilliant i love that um that's a, that's a movie I adore. I'm sure it's see again, folks. If if you are one of those people like that movie's dumb, I can like a dumb movie, and that's just it. And that's kind of our point is we feel. I, Matt brought it up, but I I agree. Like there the the action movie in general, the one the stars style has changed, right? Because obviously we we haven't mentioned arguably the biggest action star working today is Tom Cruise. Yep. I mean, it, it, when you look at action franchises, we mentioned Keanu. Keanu's still working. Obviously, Stallone's still pumping him out. You got Schwarzenegger's Dwayne pulled Johnson, back qu- quite a yeah. bit. Home Cruise's Dwayne action Johnson. films make money though, and and are, and are good. Mm-hmm. They are, and they're they are they play on his persona, and they are still um, significantly different in terms of action. Like he's often floundering, right? Like the old '80s action stars, <laughs> those guys were usually in control. Yes. Uh, the majority of the time and Cruz has never been that type of action star. He's always uh, the right. underdog overcoming the obstacles uh, despite all, the odds. They all take their licks like the old action, the classic action stars, like we've mentioned, you Mount Rushmore, the eighties and nineties, you know, they, those guys took the licks. They took a pound and they'd get punched. They get kicked. They get shot. You know, they, they would, they'd see action. And that's, that's what I loved about those action stars is you, you, you always knew that they were going to win in the end, but you, you saw them take a real beating, which which gave them that. If I can even not relatability, but you know, it grounds it the, just that bit more. Even if the film's dumb as anything, you know, seeing these guys aren't superheroes who who aren't immune to anything. Really, really, it, that's what sells it, and that's what I feel the problem is, John, with the modern action heroes. Some of them, well, like you just mentioned, is yeah, and you don't get that. They 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 they. Vin Diesel, The Rock, uh, and I'm sure there's some others. You know these, these these stipulations you hear about. Well, I can't lose my on-screen fights. I can't be punched on screen. You know, I've always got a lot of tough guy. That isn't what made the the action heroes of old tough. It was because they had charisma. They were cool. They had sex appeal. Yes, 
but also they took the beatings. You know, Vin Diesel in the fast Dom Toretto. Man, I don't think that guy, that guy escapes anything and everything, and it's it, it's just stupid. You, you you the 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 audience. I know those films too well, but me as an audience member needs to kind of want to believe that the hero can lose whilst also knowing that they're going to win, if you know what I mean. And I don't feel that anymore. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, like a lot of times we, we hear people talk about uh, rom-coms not getting made for theatrical release. <laughs> and um, we have our, the action genre has been over flooded with superhero movies, right? Like that seems to be satisfying the urge for many and why I want to love a movie like beekeeper because I want lower budget or mid budget, action films to get made and get a theatrical release i just want them to be held to a little higher standard um because again if you look at a lot of those 80 movies the the if you were like oh this is an intelligent plot it's like well no but it's a comprehensive plot it makes sense like the things inside the movie work even if they're really simple or even if it's just like you know a very superficial like well this guy's in the military and he wants to kill this guy because of this thing fine i'm not saying they need to be like brilliant or have some kind of super message to to comment on things but they at least need to make sense within the world they shouldn't feel so dumb they shouldn't feel like because i i think you could if you go back to demolition man there's some definitely cheesy dialogues but it the the world feels like internal logic works like the the uh, i still don't know what the three shells were for but everything else about the movie mm. like i i totally see this world and understand why it is what it is I don't feel that with the beekeeper. I don't understand what the, like even calling it the beekeeper just feels like you're trying to make merchandise, which is like, are you like, who's the merchandise for? It's trying to create a law that just isn't there. And again, I know it's based on it's adapted from, from books and that, but you you can't just assume people know that or are going to look that up. Yeah. But ultimately I think the point of this conversation is like, we want people to one, we want to bring back the action movie in the old school sense, not necessarily superheroes, um, not necessarily all CG, right? Like I love a good martial arts fight. Like that's one of the things that d- there's a couple of moments in the beekeeper where if they were filmed in a different country who didn't edit to hell um, would <laughs> probably have been really good. And they're still not terrible because the hand to hand stuff is exciting and it's exhilarating. And I, I enjoy it um, when it's done well, especially, and there are martial arts. Like we have a lot of actors out there who can do that stuff. And I just don't think they're getting a lot of opportunity to do it outside of, you know, superheroes things. And I'd love to see more of that. And I'd I'd like to have more of those, like, you know, I I want movie stars in general. I feel like that's, there's a lot of, a lot of times within the the movie world, you hear people say like Tom Cruise is the last, uh, actually the last movie star or Will Mm -hmm. Smith is the last movie star was. Um, and that, that worries me because I love movies and I want, I want movie stars to still exist and I want movie stars to dr- bring people to the theater. Like that's what they mean. Usually when they say that, like Chris Evans isn't the, the, the selling point anymore. It's captain America is the selling point yes. that the IP is bringing people to the seats, not the, the people in the performance. And that's, that seems like a mixed idea because if, if studios only think we come because of the property, then we won't get original ideas anymore. And if you think about it, a lot of those great eighties action films were original IP. They yep. became IP. Die Hard became a franchise. We have five Die Hard movies. Yeah. To be fair, we have five Die Hard movies over thirty years. Yeah. We don't have sure. five Die Hard movies yep. in four years or whatever. You know, like um, mm-hmm. and you know, Terminator obviously big franchise. Same thing though, big franchise, six movies I think, and that's over 
30 years That's like it's a long not time same with alien alien yeah, yeah they released the first three within probably 10 uh 15 years sorry but then after that it's been one it was one in like 97 then you had prometheus 2010 covenant 2016 17 whatever that was yeah and, and so they, yeah, they are still spaced out and i think and you know a lot of the films on the list you mentioned i love those films and they are over the top they have ott characters in as well mainly yep. nicholas cage but yeah they, they know what they are and they play into it they're not as muddled as the beekeeper and nowadays yeah i think the big action stars are well the big action films come from mainly from the, the comic book films and you, like you say you're not there for you're not there for for, for the, the the characters even chris hemsworth who i'd say yeah. is a bona fide action star you see what yeah, he does heard- in things like extraction yeah, it's I heard still, Extraction Two was good, even though I didn't it, see it. But it, I mean, it was it was okay, but <laughs> it, it also knew what it was. So it wasn't trying to be anything that it wasn't. It's just kind of a, it's a uh, what's it called, Tyler, whatever the guy's name is. He, he, he him and his team have to go and extract someone. They're going to kill people. They've got big guns. It's kind of it's got that war vibe. There's a great there's that great kind of fifteen minute one shot. Well, very cleverly cleverly performed one shot, shall we say um which is what the film was kind of sold upon uh, but it works but it, again it's a film that knows what it is and plays to its strengths and it's a throwback to the action films of old where it where, doesn't matter if it's meant to be funny tongue-in-cheek or serious it sticks to it it sticks to its game and chris hemsworth i think is an is an action star because in those films he gets you know he, again he as again he takes his licks um oh, but then you've got someone like john wick which is kind of uber stylized almost in terms of it, it is become anyway in terms of his action but then, you know, I'm looking at where, are, where have all the cowboys gone, John? That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at Chris Pratt. Are you an action star? I do not see you as one. Mark Wahlberg, I just don't like, but he is an action mm. star. I, yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. Your, your newer ones here. Jason Statham, I do like him as an action star. I just don't like a lot of his action films. Cena, I actually prefer John Cena when he's not necessarily doing the the action yeah. side of it um chris pine again i mean he has done a, he has done you know, he played jack ryan he's done uh, his next film yeah. is called violence of action he's got action films coming out vin diesel i think is abysmal liam neeson has become a parody of himself uh, in recent yeah. years batista is now obviously trying to get away from the action he wants to get away from action genre. yeah and i dig that again we, we we've we've spoken about batista in 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 good and bad terms on this show but i'll always respect somebody who may uh, have started off in is as a limited actor and may even have known that but it hasn't stopped him in wanting to work with the best and branch out and someone like tom holland as well who is you know an action star in uncharted and obviously is spider-man and chaos walking and stuff like that i just can't believe the the new action stars the pedigree it just isn't there then the names aren't there and maybe it's because we're living in a different time maybe the superhero genre has taken over or um or like sci-fi or fa- whatever fantasy has taken over but it just feels like the cowboys like you say jb and and cowboys and cowgirls because as i say sigourney weather is possibly my favorite action star of that time one of them certainly in the top three i think she's awesome as ripley um but it just feels like a very dying breed. And I don't know if it's because people don't take it as serious anymore. I don't know if because action just isn't where it was back in a day where you could release all of these B movies and they could attain a cult following. I don't know what it is JB, but I just feel like the Cowboys have gone. Dwayne Johnson is he, he like next to Tom Cruise, Dwayne Johnson is one of the most marketable stars on the planet. And he seems like such a cool dude, but mm-hmm. I mean, skyscraper rampage, uh, doom back in the day, uh, just so many bad 
films and yeah he might be fun in them but the joke is he plays himself throughout all of them i i know i think what you said is my problem jb a lot of it is the i it's all ip based now the original ideas aren't there but if they are i allow the beekeeper this they just there is nothing to them extraction good films but they're not gonna they're not like blowing anyone away but i respect them because they stick to what they are you know the big action stars are dying out jb and the ones that haven't they do things like expendables which also then becomes the thing they swore to destroy i'm not saying all of the action stars nowadays are bad absolutely none whatsoever um you look at like i like watching hugh jackman i like watching donnie yin i like watching the guys from the raid when they get to do what they do uh, i like seeing people like nicholas cage when he's doing action um you know there's there's an awful and keanu reeves got <laughs> the guy couldn't act his way out of a paper bag but i love seeing him as an action star gerard butler as well i really liked him in plane recently you know there's some great action stars out there yeah. just i don't know it's just the genre seems to have fallen fallen yeah. away over the last well, decade or I, I two think- and Needs a in general, man. that mid-range budget has fallen off, right? And or they like, are exclusively on. going to streaming. And we'd love to see them come back. Like, hey, studios, you want to make some money? Make movies that don't cost you as much and 100%. put them in the theater. Like, uh, hello. Like, this movie is a really good example of what could happen if you gave them more. Because, again, I do think if this is the only option that they have, which is kind of the case because it's January and whatnot, people will go. And, you know, like... I, there's tons of movies on streaming that are way worse than this movie. I'm sure. Right. Without having yeah. to go, like we could probably pull up 20 right now that are like, that looks really dumb. That looks really dumb. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it, you know, uh, we avoid a lot of those, um, but just, the- theatrically oh, usually has man, yeah. a higher bar. And this yes, to me just dropped it, but all just right. Give me folks. something stupid. John. Just before my final thing, yeah. give me something silly. Like y- y- the guy can't stop the bus. It has to go over 40 miles an hour or something goes wrong. Or give me something like two powerhouse actors who have to swap faces in order for the film to go. Give me something weird like that. But that yeah. plays into its, it's, it's, it's odd facade. Like face off is wonderful. We are supposed weird. to face off too. I think. Well, apparently we are, and and the and yeah. Cage and Travolta somehow coming back, but um, yeah, but you know stuff, stuff like even like Con Air. I mean, I love The Rock as well. I know they're all the Cage films. I love things other than those films, but they're the first three that came to mind. Just give me stuff that for me. Just, that's the kind of stuff I want. I don't need it to be two hundred million, a hundred million. Those things have probably been made for twenty five million now, and they'd be great. But yeah, I'm I'm with you, John. Bring back the mid budget film, and oh, I think they'd see some success out of them. All right, folks, our next segment is media consumption. This is movie or TV, video games, music, podcasts, etc. that we use to pass time. It's what we've been consuming other than the beekeeper this week and all the honey that came with it. Matt, what have you been consuming since the last time we recorded? Man, well, not honey. I've I, Every time I go past the honey in the supermarket, oh, now I just sneer and grimace at it. Uh, I like honey. Not an awful lot this week, JB. Um, I don't know if it's kind of what we were saying last week. I think uh, following our Bampy Awards where we kind of happily said we'd we watched we'd watched over 400 films between us i don't know if that's kind of caught up with me now and i'm like you know what i'm gonna hold that at arm's length and do other things until maybe the end of the month or something when i get the mojo back and see all the films rather than just ones you know which i feel like i want to watch uh, so i haven't really been checking out much i mean listening and watching more stuff i watched dead meat podcast watched slash listened to uh, I've caught up on their backlog where they're speaking about films which I very much enjoyed, like When Evil Lurks and things which I thought were fun. Like It's a Wonderful Knife, 
and getting other people's opinions on films where you know big shows don't often talk about films like that because well we've seen when evil lurks it's not a mainstream film in the slightest so i like when big outlets talk about it and i've been check watching double toasted as per on youtube and the only film i've watched this week jb apart from uh, the beekeeper because i wasn't able to see mean girls i haven't been able to see it yet um, uh, is lift the kevin hart's led netflix film movie. it's a heist movie uh involving planes and gold and pooey i mean it's better than the beekeeper because it sticks to its silliness though i do think kevin hart is surprisingly playing it too straight and trying mm. to be an action star when he is anything but an action star it's you know it's, it's a ludicrous film that goes on for too long uh it's not a particularly very good film and you know the heistiness of it all is kind of lost in a lot of what go- goes on but it has some outrageous and outlandish ideas which you could only fit into an action film like this netflix streaming film if you want to see a ooh, near two hour action film with kevin hart as the lead then go and watch lift on netflix if you ask me i'd say probably other things you could watch that there are definitely things you could watch that are more entertaining than lift so this week for me john beekeeper and lift has not been a good week for me film wise or action film wise uh, but i've enjoyed doing other things outside of that but what about you my friend i know you've been busy catching up uh, with work and things what have you been checking out yeah well, I did go to the theater a few times, actually. I saw The Book of Clarence. Um, oh, the Keith Stanfield. Uh, it is, and uh, it's a biblical comedy. My, I, I definitely am positive on the film. However, th- the way it ends, I don't know for sure what the message the film is trying to convey, and thus I don't know if it's doing a good job or a bad job at conveying it. Because if you've seen the trailer for it, it almost looks like satire. But then I don't know if it is at the end of it, like there's definitely satirical moments, but right. I get really kind of like, Oh, what? And yet Lakeith is just undeniably incredible. Like every He's time great. Lakeith is in something, I'm just like, this guy, give him more parts, please. Um, he just has such natural charisma. Um, I, I love him. And RJ Siler, who I've been a fan of for a long time. Cause he's in like me and Earl and the dying girl. And, uh, he was in the power Rangers reboot that then got, stopped or whatever and then he was in um with lakeith harder they fall same director as harder they fall um he's i think doing some of his best acting in this movie Uh, he's got an accent like that he's doing it just thought it was really good i think it's good i wish i maybe i need to talk to someone to see what they thought it was about i haven't heard the filmmaker talk about it so maybe he could like clarify what the point of the film is but at the end i was like i don't know what this was and that's weird um I caught ISS, which was a film that was at Tribeca last year. We didn't get to see, but is getting a theatrical release uh, this Friday, in fact. Yeah. And um, I already wrote my review. It's up at BerkerViews.com, but really good movie. Incredible cast. Nice. Um, yeah, just definitely worth checking out. Good good thriller. A, a good January thriller, for sure. Uh, my wife and I went and saw Mean Girls the Musical. Ooh. Freaking love this movie, dude. I, I, I'm a fan of the original, but um janice if you remember that character that's uh the the friend to um the to Lindsay lohan's character in the other movie uh here the Lindsay lohan character is played by angerice rice who is an incredible actress we've seen since nice guys uh yeah. she just whenever she's given the opportunity to like lead she's great but the actress playing um janice is the voice actress of moana whose name i 
just oh, do not know um it. i i i we carvalho i believe or something which i would have butchered so badly had i, I tried think I so did. I, <laughs> But she's a really good actress. She's in a there's a Netflix rom com she was in like a year or two ago that was really good also. Um, but she is the star. Her and the guy that plays Damien, uh, the gay friend, he they are they are so incredible in this movie. I love them so much. Um, but the whole cast is incredible. The songs are actually mostly really good. Um, and they I, I feel like they trim the fat a little bit. And there's a lot of little Easter egg references to the original Mean Girls, but this one is a really fun musical. I it it leans he- I feel like m- musicals are leaning real heavy into the dream ballet or like the uh the songs are taking place in like another world where a character is in their head or whatever. Like Color Purple did that too where a lot of the musical numbers like go into a character's head and so like the the everything becomes like a music video art clearly artificial. It's not characters who just happen to know songs. Um it's like the song exists in this other realm. And I, I think it's a cop out to a degree with musicals doing that. There's traditionally in a musical, there's a one number called the Dream Ballet, which does take place in this other world. Uh, in La La Land, it's the uh, the floating um, dance oh, number man. over the uh, You know, and and you could do this for almost every musical. West Side Story. I've, uh, I think the Dream Ballet is when they first meet each other because they kind of go into their own world. <laughs> uh, but never like it, it's it's fine it's just I'm like m- studios if the musical is good people will like it greatest showman is a good example of it right yeah. like yeah. people love that movie despite oh, it being oh, a musical yeah. in fact i think they like it because it's a musical you know almost the counter music um, was that. loved in that film right so like if you make it work it works and if it doesn't work for some it's just not gonna one embrace that these are musicals because this should be called mean girls the musical and the fact that it's not is a travesty because it it's really really good okay well, then, my question for you then is i love mean girls i, I love the 2004 mean girls yeah so i i look at this and think uh, you know it's been 20 years you know and that's come from somebody you know i haven't seen it admittedly not somebody who's who's you know dunking on the pro- not at all but of course, I've always said there's always that kind of bit of cynicism, and I know it's adapted from a stage mm-hmm. show, it's a musical. But so the question, of course, is you know, is 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 it obviously you loved it, so is it necessary? Is it worth it? Is it I think adding it, something to the pantheon? I think it does. I think the right, I cool. think the general story of Mean Girls is universal, anyways. But mm-hmm. I think yep. this one is updating it, and it's not. It's it's paying homage to the original for sure. It's not replacing it. But it is uh, one. The fact that the songs are there is inherently making it something different, right? It's not like they're just redoing it. Um, it's a new version of it. But also, they do update it to be like modern day problems, and and the characters are a little bit less. Um, they're a little more diverse. They don't necessarily meet the. I, I feel like the three mean girls, if you will, the plastics in the first one are a little more stereotypical of Hollywood, and I think this group is a little more modern day accepting of different cultures and different body sizes and, and things like that. I think okay. in a positive way. Um, and I also, I, I feel like there's a lot in the first mean girls. I think there's a lot more closeted elements of homosexuality. And I feel like the homosexuality in this film is, is brought to the forefront. It's not like people aren't ashamed of it where that seemed to be the big push in that yeah. first one. And th- there's a, I think the movie leans into this idea where like, in in 2004 the burn book all of those insults only existed in the book we're li- these kids are living in a time when when social media is a thing and insults and bullying are non-stop and the movie 
kind of juxtaposes the the burn book to like TikTok and comments and stuff like that, which I think is interesting. I don't think it does enough with that, but I think it's there. Okay. Um, and and yeah, so I you know this isn't a Mean Girls episode, but I definitely think it's really good. And if you are a fan of the original, I think, and if you're a fan of the original and are willing to give musicals a chance, I think you will have a good time with this movie. But both okay. my wife and I really loved it. Nice. Um, and then uh, last night, Matt, I, I purposely worked super late um, because there was a, a retro screening of Sabrina, the Billy Wilder film from 1954 with Audrey Hepburn and Humphrey Bogart and the other dude whose name I'm not going to remember, but he's in network. Um, I've never seen it. And I want I was like, oh, cool. It's, it's on the big screen. I'm going to uh, I'm going to go. And I do not regret it. Um, I will say at times it was a little slow and my attention span right now is all over the place. So like I was like checking my phone a little more frequently than I normally would at a theater. But by the end of the film, I was like, yeah, this is why you can't deny Bogart or Hepburn. They're just so great. Um, and I've never seen either version of Sabrina, but I do know there is a Harrison Ford version from the early nineties that we kind of mentioned his diverse uh, role. Yeah. Um, I just, man, I've heard that one's real bad, but then other people seem to love that one too. So I don't know, but I, I'm definitely a big fan of Billy Wilder in general. And I enjoyed Sabrina quite a bit. I'm glad I went to see it. Nice, nice, nice little selection this week, JB. Yep, not as many as uh, as in the past. I'm I'm probably not going to watch a movie a day this year, uh, <laughs> but I'm hoping to still like see most big releases, and even I'm hoping to see some of the smaller releases. Like this weekend, there's not really a big release. We'll talk about it in a moment. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what I've been consuming, and I've been playing Baldur's Gate Three. I'm never gonna uh, that game's incredible. I just love it. Game of the um, year as well, apparently. So yeah, it's so good. Um, so. Before we go, we have to check in with each other, especially because we're both, I think, super busy. We got to make sure we're doing everything we can to stay bloody awesome. So, Matt, I need to know, what have you been doing to stay bloody awesome? Well, this week, JB, to stay bloody awesome, uh, small things. I've been pad shopping, I've put. Not pad tie or anything like that, but um, in anticipation of I'm, I'm, I'll be moving to a new place soon, very in the next few months, uh, very soon. Um, and with that, of course, is the trepidation and excitement of making sure you've got everything you need to move in with, including things like, do I have enough bins? Do I have enough toilet brushes? Um, things like that. Uh, so I've just been doing that. I've been checking. I, I, I find it quite exciting. I don't know what it is. It's the idea of uh, you know crafting something somewhere new, your own little abode somewhere, the dad pad. I think it's always very exciting and kind of what kind of mishmash, podgepodge, places are going to look like because i've got a load of stuff already but it's yeah, pretty much just shopping my friend starting the new year off with a new plan uh and just been shopping for chairs for beds for for bins for uh for tea towels cutlery all that kind of stuff you know are bins trash cans yeah, trash cans of course okay I'm so sorry jb yes no no um, it's fine for our american listeners because we have storage bins that's why i was like wait are you buying like like storage bins or are you no, buying like trash, no, no. Cans? trash garbage cans um and and cutlery, you know, stuff I already have, but you know, I kind of want new things as well. So, uh, but that that that's pretty much it. And um, getting excited about yeah, a, a, fu- a, fu- a fun future ahead, JB. But uh, one that nice, unfortunately, costs money. But uh, what yeah. about yourself? I, I imagine you're speaking of uh, costing money. Yours is a little bit more exciting than mine. Well, I I didn't think I was going to get uh, press credentials because I I haven't been to a uh, I have not traveled to a film festival since 2019. Um, we've covered several virtually, um, but uh, I've been writing for Disappointment Media all of 2023, and um, Big Tuna had me apply for South by Southwest as 
to cover disappointment media and then anything that doesn't get used there will come over to burke reviews and um we got our acceptance letters yesterday so i had to yeah. buy my plane ticket um we found a really good airbnb we hope uh it's one of those things where it's like until you get there you don't know how good it is but it <laughs> looks incredible um and it ended up being a lot cheaper for to go for uh we're going from may march excuse me march 7th through march 13th and um I went in 2018 to South by Southwest. I was there for a little longer when I went that year, but had a blast. Um, and I've wanted to go back. There's some restaurants there that I really loved. I can't wait to, uh, P Terry's. It's one of my favorite burger places. It's so good. Um, it's a chain, but it's like, it's like Austin, Texas's in and out burger kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, I really, really liked them a lot. Um, and, uh, there's, you know, good tacos and just barbecue is incredible. Austin, Texas is a cool place. Uh, the Alamo draft house is part of the, the festival. So like, I love going nice. to the Alamo draft house and, um, you know, it's a big festival. It's one of the, like, I would say it's in the top five festivals, uh, in the world. I, I, at would, this yeah. point. I would, um, yeah. like I would, I always put Sunday. I don't know. I don't know if I'm accurate, but I always put Sundance first. And then like, you have like cans and Tiff and, um, Venice and whatever you Venice and Telluride are up there. And then South by is like right in that group. Like South by gets some of the biggest movies. It gets some of the biggest uh, celebrities that come to it. It's, it's a giant festival too. Cause it's not just film. It's also got music and video games not and other stuff Disney, happening. Yeah. It, and it pretty much shuts down downtown. Like it's just closed off. There's something going on. There's comedy like events. Like it's just, it's a big deal. And uh, it's exciting to get to be going back. It's when I went last time, I went solo. I did happen to have a friend that was already living close. And uh, by literal, literal coincidence, one of my oldest friends was staying at the same hotel that I was at nice. um, by luck. Like it was just like, I was like, oh, my, my other friend was like, hey, I think so-and-so is uh, in Austin. You should reach out. I'm like, oh, I will. And I'm like, hey, man, I hear you're in Austin. I'm in Austin. He's like, oh, really? I'm at this hotel. I'm like, dude, I'm at that hotel. Are you for real? And yeah, just well, he wasn't there for the festival. He was just in Austin. It was like a weird coincidence. That's what makes it even weirder. It was just he was there for like a, a work related thing, and I happened to be there for the festival. Um, so again, the point was I got to see him, but he was like doing other things where I'm like going to the festival. This time I have Sean and then two other of our Central Florida uh, critics there. So oh, like I will know great, people at the festival. So it'll be yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, I'm very excited for it. And, uh, you know, I'll be talking about whatever we watch there on the podcast to some degree. Um, that will be the, the week I probably catch up on having missed a bunch of movies. Cause I will be like, yeah, watching 20 to 30 movies in the six days that I'm there probably. So, um, Man. or as many as I can fit in probably at least four a day, if not more, uh, cause uh, South by does start like at like 11 usually and goes until after midnight. So it, there's a lot of opportunity to see a lot of movies. Um, but that's how I'm saying bloody awesome is uh, getting my my trip organized and planned and buying. I haven't bought plane tickets in, since before the pandemic, so it was crazy to buy plane tickets. Uh, so you, yeah, you guys buy yeah. plane tickets, uh, man. I wish I could do that. Uh, yeah, we have, I've got to chuck in the London Film Festival, one of the biggest in the world. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let the the Brits stay out of oh, this yeah. one. Um, that's the one I've go to though. After last year's one, I'm not so sure. Um, ugh, but all, awfully organised. But yeah, no, it's something like South by. I'd love to go to South by, uh, obviously overlook stuff like that. You guys in the states have the luxury of many, many film festivals of varying sizes. There are some out yeah. there I'd love to go and see, mainly horror, but also some like South yeah. by because of what you've just said. It is a festival. It's a celebration. It's not called the S it's South by Southwest Film Festival. It's just SXSW. That's what I love about it. Is it opens up the 
barriers to be whatever it wants to be whereas something it like does. london film festival is very restrictive because it's got the word film in the title it cannot then you know without betraying pretty much what it's always been you can't do anything else other than just show film which is of course what we're here for for a film festival but you know if, you, if you're traveling part way across the country and you're experiencing everything that austin texas has to offer it's pretty cool to be able to also know that it's not just film there if you've got some downtime you can go and see other stuff or experience other things very cool very jealous and very uh, much looking forward to hearing about your antics and tuners of course as well exactly we will definitely be talking about it no nice. so folks we haven't matt and i have not finalized uh which movie we're going to cover next week but we're either covering iss uh, which I've seen already and surprised uh, to find that my theater actually got it because an email I got last week made it sound like it was only going to be in limited release um, and like just in the big city area. And then here, my theater got it. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad I got a link for it, but it's here now. Uh, or Founders Day, a new horror film. I don't know what either are showing for you, Matt, if you have access to either one of these. I believe they are both coming out. I certainly know Founders Day is coming awesome. out, but uh, definitely one of those films next week for sure. So we'll be watching uh, watching and talking about both of them. I will probably see both of them. Um, I've already seen one of them. I will, I'm will. i planning on seeing Founders Day probably this weekend. Um, so we'll, we'll be talking about those movies. In the meantime, we want to hear your thoughts on The Beekeeper. Please be nice. I'm sorry if I upset you. Um, <laughs> on social like media, that. Instagram, Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. Matt, where are we on Twitter? We are our bloody awesome movie pod. And you can just search us on Facebook or TikTok, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, Bloody Awesome Movie Pod on TikTok. Um, we're technically on threads too, but I, we're not really using threads just yet, but we're there if that's how you want to communicate. We'll get the notification. Um, we are a tomato meter approved podcast or tomato meter, um, however you want to say tomato, tomato. And uh, we'll be maybe bringing that percentage back down one point maybe, and it'll be a funny number. Um, individually, you can follow me at burkreviews.com and at burkreviews on all those social media platforms. Excuse me, Matt, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and just search what I watch tonight across all the socials, including Letterboxd. And if you like what we're doing here at the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we ask that you give us that five-star rating on whatever podcast catcher you use to listen. It helps other people find the show. With that, we encourage you to keep watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Awesome!